Hi, welcome to the Ellis Talker Show. I'm DV LeBron. Today, uh, I, I'm going to be doing all the candidates here, and today I have a very special guest, a man that I've had on here before, Mr. Alan Foreman. How you doing, sir? Doing well. Good well, thank, thank you so much for coming back on, uh, the Ellis Talker. Um, I remember that uh, the last time you, you were running for city council for Milotian, and um, you, you decided to run again before we get into the, the reasons why. Um, if you haven't noticed, this place has grown. Um, according to according to the last budget, it, it was like it's at we're well over 39,000, 40,000 people now um, right. in, in the city. That's a lot. That's a lot. So um, and we're going to talk about growth. So that being the case, I wanted you to go ahead and introduce yourself to people that may not know you. Absolutely. Well, I'm Alan Mormon. I'm running for city council place one. And I'm a, um, you know, a father, a, um, you know, husband, a father of four here in the community. I'm uh, real involved in the community. I love Midlothian. Um, it's my home and I plan to, to be here for a long, long time and uh, continue raising my family here. I've, uh, I'm a small business owner. I own a couple of small businesses here in town. Um, very involved in uh, youth sports uh, throughout the community really involved in, um, you know, the board that I serve on here in the city and just love Midlothian and happy to be here, happy to be running for this uh, city council place one and excited for uh, what's to come for the city. And, and um, you know, I tell every candidate that decides to throw themselves into this, uh, thank you for wanting to serve your community. Um, it's not an easy thing to put yourself out there and, and, um, be grilled and your ideas and stuff and, and, and the trust of the people, it can be, it can be heavy. So I appreciate you wanting to serve uh, your community. So, Absolutely. Uh, you know, you, you ran, you ran before um, and, and you now you're running this your second time and there's nothing wrong with that. That's, it's a beautiful thing in this country. You can do such things like that. But um, I wanted to know what, what is it that, what is the reason why you're running and what, what inspired you to run and what do you, what do you want to accomplish if you do get elected? Absolutely. So, you know, uh, as you mentioned, you know, I ran several years ago, um, uh, I guess about three years ago now, um, you know, through that COVID season, it was an interesting, uh, it was an interesting time to run for city government because uh, the election kept getting pushed because of COVID and all the uh, different restrictions that were taking place at the time. And so the vote got moved all the way from originally in May all the way to November. So it was a long, long campaign season. Uh, it was an interesting one. Um, but I learned a lot through that time. And uh, since that, you know, it was a wonderful process, uh, you know, uh, just learning through it, growing through it. And since that time, I've just done everything I can to be very involved in the community, uh, just get educated in a lot of areas, try to learn more about the city government and more about how things function and the way that decisions are made and uh, have just really jumped, you know, all in uh, to serve everywhere that I can. And so I didn't, uh, frankly, I didn't have a huge, uh, you know, anticipation that I would run again. I just kind of said, hey, I'm just going to serve in these other various areas. But, you know, as the time came to, to follow this season, the more that I uh, looked at where I was, my involvement in the community, uh, you know, seeing uh, so many different aspects and different, 
you know, people groups and kind of pockets within the city that I felt like I've, I have a very good understanding of where a lot of them, um, you know, where a lot of them are at on the different issues. I just felt like uh, this was the time to step back in and uh, run once again. And uh, hopefully this time uh, end up on the, on the, uh, you know, getting a win through that process and uh, becoming a city councilman. I'm, I'm really excited about it. And, you know, there wasn't, I don't have any particular acts to grind per se or anything like that. Uh, you know, I just want to go in and do a great job representing the people of this community and make sure everybody's well represented, um, you know, to the betterment of this awesome city. And that, that's, that's a good thing. Uh, wanting to serve and wanting to represent all people because there, as you can, there's a lot of people that have moved in a lot of different people that have moved in from all over the place. So, um, kind of give me a brief background. Um, what, what in your background would you say, uh, gives you qualifications to be, or, or to run for this office? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, to start with, um, you know, I've, I've ran a few small businesses. I know that's not unique just to me. You know, there's a lot of candidates throughout the years and current city council members that have, um, you know, ran businesses. I'm pretty um, familiar with uh, finance. I'm familiar with um, the, you know, the city finance at this point. But as far as my background specifically, you know, I've ran small businesses specifically here in Ellis County. I uh, originally uh, met my wife and Originally, when I moved to Texas, I'm, I'm from Mississippi, uh, down on the coast, uh, down near the Biloxi area, a little town called Hurley. That's where I was born and raised and uh, moved to Texas now, I believe it's 13 uh, years ago, maybe maybe a little longer than that, uh, right around 13 years. And originally to Waxhatchee, that's where I met my wife. And uh, shortly after we got married, had our first child, I uh, realized that um, you know, having a kid, I had to make, make some extra money. So I started a small business there, janitorial services company right here in the Ellis County area. Had a lot of clients in Midlothian, Waxhatchee, Red Oak, the, that general area, and um, grew that small business, uh, had employees there. Um, you know, we served the community well, I believe, and then eventually sold it to another, um, another local company that was looking to get in that particular industry. Um, you know, since then, I've started a couple of other small businesses here in Midlothian. And uh, that's a big background that I think is very important just to being able to understand how to work with people, you know, both on the employer side and then, you know, working with customers, you know, and uh, really at the end of the day, uh, you know, I'm an employee to my customers. So I've kind of seen both sides of that throughout that process. And then uh, more recently, in the last three years, I've been serving on the Midlothian Community Development Corporation, the 4B Board, and that has helped me, I believe, get a lot of great perspective throughout that time on what's going on in the city, you know, understanding, getting more involved in the budget process that the city has, understanding that city finance. And um, over the last five years that I've been here in Midlothian with my family, um, I've gotten very involved in the youth sports, which you know, getting involved in that area, you, you, you get to meet a lot of people. You get to hear a lot of, uh, different, you know, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of diversity and different opinions and things like that. And I feel like I've got a great grasp through that process of just being involved and volunteering and, and helping in those areas to, 
truly understand, you know, where we're headed, what people's concerns are, you know, a lot of different opinions because everybody's got one and, and uh, most of the time they're all a little bit different. And so I think through all of those different avenues, whether it be business or, you know, involvement in the, the board I serve on or um, even just through that volunteering in the community, I believe that's what's prepared me for this next step. Okay. And that sounds, it sounds like you have some, uh, some extensive experience uh, in, in business and stuff. So I'm going to go ahead and touch on that a little bit in a minute, but I wanted to get to something that I asked all the candidates, the fundamentals, because ultimately what you believe, no matter what you say, you're going to do what your beliefs and your principles take you. So I wanted to ask you, what is the role of government of, of city government? of the city council in the role of the, in, in the lives of the people of Midlothian? So the, the role of government is really pretty simple from a, from a local level is to provide for really the, uh, you know, at government at, at a larger level is to provide for the safety and well-being and, um, uh, you know, to, for life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness at the core of it. Right. So at the local level, it also reflects that, you know, government is here, you know, locally to make sure things like infrastructure are in place to to uh, make sure that people have access to some of the basics, you know, things like, you know, water and roads to, uh, you know, roads to travel on. They have, you know, we have the ability to plan within the city to make sure that things are uh, developed out properly, that, you know, we're not you know, we're not stacking people on top of each other where you can't even get in and out of your, you know, driveway. Some of those basic things, uh, what the role of government isn't, you know, in my opinion, uh, you know, doesn't have a place for is getting uh, beyond that into an in intrusive relationship with the people that are being governed where you're, you know, nitpicking every little thing and, and uh, kind of intruding on their ability to live their lives freely um, do what they desire, you know, with their personal rights and property and all those kind of things. So uh, I think it's the role of government in the, the simplest form. It's it's pretty basic. What is what does the First Amendment mean to you? The First Amendment uh, really for me, uh, it means that we're we will protect people's ability to not only have their own opinion, but also to um, to uh, display and represent that opinion, not only in their words and their actions, but in, you know, in their everyday life to make sure they have the ability to adequately um, communicate uh, what they believe, why they believe it, and not to intrude in any way on that, even if it's even if it's indirectly, you know, I think a lot of things. Uh, when it comes to um, the freedom of speech is a, you know, a lot of times government may not be saying you can't do this, you can't say this, but some of the uh, restrictions that are put in place, some of the regulations kind of damper that or, or, or uh, you know, tend to kind of throw cold water on uh, the ability to do that in some ways. And I just think it's, it's um, really important to, to make sure we're never hindering any of that. Excellent. Excellent. Um, and then last one I'll, I'll ask you on fundamentals, um, the right to bear arms. 
it is protected by the constitution and, and, um, and there's other things that, that, you know, on that, but, um, there's been a lot of conversations and I want to know your stance on it. So frankly, uh, second amendment, uh, I, I don't know that I could be any stronger of a supporter on it. Uh, some people would probably take my, um, more detailed opinion, maybe a little extreme, but I, I look at the second amendment from a philosophical perspective as, as being put in place based on the historical understanding of it that I have, that it was put in place to protect so citizens could protect themselves from an overreaching government. And obviously at the local government level, you know, it's not talked about quite as much. It's typically more at the national and, and um, and state level, obviously, but, you know, people have the right to um, to make sure not only they protect themselves from like a, you know, protecting their their property and their their home and their family, but also to be prepared in the event, you know, in an extreme uh, scenario where the government uh, begins to, to overreach in a way that uh, takes away our rights and some of the things um uh, you know, that, that you were even asking about previously, you know, whether it's first amendment or just the, the, uh, our, our constitutional rights in general, wherever that may be hindered, um, you know, at some point, you know, there's a line and, you know, it was crossed, uh, that's what created our country. And so I believe that that second amendment was put there to make sure that never happens again. And mm. I know some people like to talk about, well, you know, we need guns for hunting or that was more about, you know, even just personal protection. I don't really, uh, you know, maybe a little extreme of a view to some, but I don't believe that was the intent of it. Although that applies as well. I don't, right. uh, without going too deep down no. that, I talk about it a lot, but that's, that's where I stand on that. Understanding your principles. Like I said, if we, if we know your principles, what guides you, okay. Then, you know, no matter what you say, you're going to go by your principles. That's so, that that's knowing that that's that's the important part knowing where you come from there and um and and how you respond to such so kind of getting uh into one one last thing i wanted to ask you was do you have the time to invest in being a city councilman because it takes time there's a lot of time involved there's a lot of reading uh, do you do you uh do you promise your your future constituents, if you're elected, that you will put the time in needed? That's a great question, um, and it's a really valid question. I'm glad you're asking that because, uh, you know, I, the way I look at Tom, everybody has the same amount of time. None of us. That's one thing. No matter how wealthy you are, no matter how you know in poverty you are, you know whether it you know, whether you're the richest person on the planet or, you know, whether you're Elon Musk or Warren Buffett, or you're just a regular everyday person, you got the same amount of time. And when it comes to what you invest your time in, it's all about priorities. What are you prioritizing? And so uh, I've got a lot going on. Anybody who knows me and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd say probably anybody who knows me even moderately well knows I've got a lot going on between serving in the Midlothian Basketball League, other areas, the board I'm on, you know, my, my, my business, uh, businesses that I'm uh, heavily involved in, there's a lot going on, but I'm willing to prioritize giving everything I have to the city, uh, becoming a city councilman and, and making sure I'm, I'm putting that 
uh, up there at the top of my priority list, obviously behind, you know, family, God and family and, and some of those little bit uh, are, are much higher priorities. That's going to definitely be up there at the top of the list with things like my, uh, you know, businesses work and, and uh, some of those things that come next in line. All right. So that let's cover, let's start covering some of the meat here. Um, as you know, the, this place has grown. And like, as the last budget said, we had a, let's see, it was around 39,063 as of this budget, the last budget that was, um, that was, that was passed. I'm reading off their numbers. Okay. There was, there's been 190% growth since 2010. Uh, there's been a 15.9% drop in, in single family construction permits over the last year, but you know, 190% jump of people uh, over since 2010. Um, this place is growing exponentially. How do you, how do you, uh, what does Alan, what would Alan Mormon like to see to, um, to manage this growth in a way that's productive for the citizens and it's productive for the, the city? So I think the, at the core of it, you know, the city, you know, there's a, there's probably people in the city that would look at the the city of Midlothian, look at some of the challenges infrastructure wise, specifically with roads and traffic and some of those things with the growth. And they may look at it and say, well, the city's not really doing anything about it. You know, I believe that the, the city is taking steps, you know, today to, uh, to address some of those issues where I think more of our focus and intent has to be is looking a little bit further out, you know, where, where we're at right now, it's not, a, I mean, I don't think anybody would disagree with this, you know, from city staff, you know, city current city council or anybody involved in those areas, we're, we're behind the curve, right? So we're, we're constantly looking at, you know, we've got to do these, you know, for example, road projects or these other types of infrastructure projects to to catch up to where we're at. And I think we've got to have a, a little bit more of a view further out. Um, you mentioned the growth. The growth is not going to stop um, unless you begin to intrude on people's abilities to develop, you know, property and things like that to a significant extent, which I'm not. Obviously, we talked about small government and the government role, you know, which I mentioned it being very basic. I don't believe in being, you know, having a situation where we're over-regulating to slow down growth because that's, you know, that's a, uh, that's a whole nother issue. So the growth is coming. It's, uh, it's here, it's coming and it's going to continue to come. And there's, there's projections that I've seen over the next five, 10 years that I don't even know that those are, I think those are very conservative. I think it's going to explode because people want to come here. People are trying to get away from, you know, those urban uh, central areas in Dallas and Fort Worth and those surrounding um, cities that are blowing up. And they're trying to get further south, um, you know, below Dallas. They're they're moving away from the, you know, from Arlington and from uh, Duncanville and Cedar Hill. And they're coming you know, uh, further down where Midlothian is seeing the bulk of that and even further south at this point. And so um, all that being said, I think we've got to look a little bit further into those projections into the future and plan accordingly. Like 
it's not enough to get caught up because it takes so many years to do these things. That's what, uh, you know, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but a lot of people have a hard time understanding, you know, that projects and that, that road construction and infrastructure projects are going to take two, three, four, six years. But that's the reality. I mean, we're planning things now that are going to happen three years, five years down the road. And so if we don't start looking at, okay, what are we going to be doing 10, 12 years down the road, three or five years from now, we're going to say, hey, what do we need right now? What are we behind on? And so um, I don't have a, a, you know, I wouldn't say this one thing we can do, it's going to change it all. But I think we just got to, you know, try to do our very best corporately to look at the future a little further out than maybe we have in the past. So the process, the process is what what gets people sometimes a little spun up. The process and and all of that you said in growth and there's a plan. I, I guess there's a strategic plan that that Midlothian follows. Waxahachie is going through theirs. Um, um, they're probably I think they're on the finishing stages of theirs. Um, but I know that that Midlothian is going through something like that, and they they have a, a strategic plan for going forward. Um, it's the process that sometimes irks the citizens. Uh, do you commit to being transparent about those things? Can people come and contact you when they have an issue with such things? Absolutely. Yep. I, uh, you know, that's, that's the type of councilman I want to be is somebody, you know, that, that anybody can reach out to. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Most people would agree. We, I'm pretty involved uh, just most recently with the, the Midlothian Basketball League, there's not a parent, a coach, anybody in that program that doesn't, you know, that can't get a hold of me, you know, and there's over a thousand kids and families in that program. So I'm very accessible in that role and I'd be just as accessible in the city council role because I want to truly represent people. I, you know, I know there's a, a lot of times candidates, whether it be at a national level or even sometimes locally, you know, they'll say, well, this is my opinion on this and this is exactly what I'm going to do. Um, not to say that's not admirable, but also I think there's a balance of that, of, of me having my views, but also seeing, okay, what are the people that I'm representing? Well, uh, you know, what are they wanting to see happen in, you know, X, Y, Z situation. So that accessibility is the only way you get that. Otherwise you're just, um, you know, you're just uh, legislating locally you know, out of, you know, what your opinion and what your mindset is only, which I think is important, but, but balancing that with that representation is, is I think the sweet spot that, that, uh, that, that I'm going for at least. Okay. One of the things that people talk about is, is a lot is taxes. There was a big debate on during the taxes and budget last year, I covered the budgets and, um, you know, people like our, our representative, Mr. Harrison and, and, and such. And there's more people that came up and said they wanted a no new revenue rate. Um, the 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 um, the board, the school boards, the city council, everybody was debating this no new revenue rate. So I want to know if you had been there or in the future, if you are elected, is no ne- no new revenue rate something that you would consider? Yeah, I would absolutely consider it. So my, my, uh, you know, I was, I was pretty, I tried to stay very involved in that process, obviously, um, you know, just at, more as a spectator, you know, kind of watching all that play out, seeing, um, you know, what different council members were sharing, you know, different perspectives, which I think all have a lot of value, you know, 
what what's awesome about local government, uh, in my opinion, you know, uh, is you've got a bunch of people on there. They all have great intentions. They all want to serve uh, for the most part. You know, I know every now and then there's a bad apple here or there, but for the most part, if somebody's spending, you know, you talked about time earlier, if somebody's spending time, you know, serving as a city councilman, they're not, they're a councilwoman. They're not, um, you know, they're not really being compensated for that. Uh, they're, and they're spending, if they're doing it the right way, they're spending dozens of hours a week on that. So what's interesting about that debate is there was a lot of perspectives, everybody with the same intention to do the right thing. Um, you know, there was, uh, do very, three different sides, really. There was, there was a side you could kind of, or, or a, uh, an option, I guess, rather than sides, there was an option to say, Hey, let's, let's increase this, um, you know, uh, you know, as, as much as we can, um, you know, not necessarily the rate, but the budget itself, you know, the, the actual revenue that was coming in and let's, you know, do all these things that we've been wanting to do for a while, whether that's hiring, whether that's certain infrastructure projects, so on and so forth. There was another option on the table of, you know, let's find something in the middle where maybe we can lower the rate slightly, but it still brings in a little more revenue to the city. And then there was the no new revenue rate of, Hey, let's, let's make it flat and let's look at a budget that pertains to, to that amount of money. Um, at the end of the day, these conversations, they come down to um, what, what budget we want to approve, you know, as a low, as, as a city. And, you know, I know a lot of people out there think, you know, they look at these numbers, you know, $40 million, you know, in the city budget. And they're like, Hey, you know, that's $40 million. There's gotta be tons of waste. There's gotta be tons of, you know, just garbage in this budget because it's so much money. But when you really take that, you know, whatever it is, 200 page budget, and you start looking at it, you know, uh, I'm totally open to a no new revenue rate. I'm totally open really to uh, to all the various outcomes. But you've got to show me in that budget, you know, what is it that we're, um, you know, that we're funding with those numbers? Because when 80 percent of the Midlothian budget is staff. Whenever you say, hey, we're going to know no new revenue rate, does that mean, you know, we need to lay off certain individuals? If so, where are we choosing that from? And are we okay with that? Because it's a numbers thing. The numbers there, you know, you only have that much money to spend, right? <laughs> you know, we're not like Congress. You can't just, uh, you can't just say, hey, we're going to raise a, a debt ceiling and just keep spending and spending. Local government, especially in Texas, it's not, it's not exactly, um, you know, yeah. it, it's a much different animal. You've got yeah. this money, you got to spend it. And so it all comes down to what we're getting for that. But I'm totally open if we can find a, a way forward in a situation with like next year, if we could find a, a way forward that, um, you know, doesn't put the city in jeopardy with a no new revenue rate, let's, let's look at it, see if we can figure it out. But it comes down yeah. to numbers, you know, we got to, we got to, we got to figure out a way to do it if we're going to do it. You can't uh, just say you want to do it. Does that make sense? Oh, no, it makes perfect sense. Um, you know, that a lot of people want com a commitment to someone who's going to cut their taxes, their property taxes. But there's also a lot to it. I'd rather, you know, and, and it's not my sh it's not a me thing, but it, I think people would rather that you be honest with them about how you see in it than than 
then say something. So you're being honest about it and how you're looking at it. 21% of the budget as of last year's budget goes into personnel. 21% of the entire budget. Um, it was $181 million revenue or, or expenditures, um, 27 million over uh, the year prior. So it, it is a, it is a good size budget and, and there's a lot of things and a lot of things that it goes into. Um, do you commit to being frugal or being a good steward to the, to the, for the people of Melodian on their money? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, of course. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, some people have, uh, you know, even the last time I ran, you know, a lot of people, when I'm talking to them about the way I see things and, you know, the conservative from a fiscal perspective values I have, you know, it's pretty extreme. And the reason, you know, my answer to the previous question, the reason I answered it in that way is, you know, we have to be transparent with people. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to say, yes, we're cutting the tax rate, which I, trust me, I am 1000%, you know, in favor of finding a way to do that. But we've got to be transparent with people and say, guys, just so you understand, if we go this route, we're talking about, you know, these layoffs or these, you know, we're, 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 we're not giving any raises to city employees. You know, we're capping these police and fire expenditures, you know, you've got to, you've got to help, you've got to make sure people understand what's being done to get there. And if that's what people want, you know, then that's a, then that's uh if that's the way, uh you know, people in the community want to be represented, then, then, uh then that's how it is. And that's, that's the way forward. But, you know, if people start saying, well, I don't want to see this or that go away. Well, you can't, you know, what, what I want to be transparent with people about, and it may not be, you know, the, the, the best way, to communicate it, although it's transparent is, you know, you can't have all the things and, you know, uh, no new revenue rate. It's got to be one or the other. And so uh, it's just, it's just a matter of, of fact. It, it does, it does cost money to do these things. Um, it, there's definitely, definitely a lot that goes into running um, the government and some people would like it leaner. Some people would like less taxes. When, when the homeowner looks at their tax bill, they're they're you know, and they're wondering how they're going to pay that thing. And I know the city is a lower part of it. And the County is a lower part of it. It's the schools. That's the biggest part. But when they see it, you know, when they see their tax bill and their tax bill is taxing them out their house, that's an issue. That's and it's an issue. Yeah. It's a problem. This is Texas. I mean, we're taking people's houses away because of taxes. It's crazy. Now, I, I want to know, there was something that Waxahachie uh, is doing innovative. They're doing a city homestead thing going on. I was about to, yeah. And I want to know, is that something you would support? And can you tell the audience more about that? Yeah. So that's something that I'm a huge fan of because what, what that does, it's a strategy in which you increase the homestead exemption for residents. So if you're in your home, you're getting a higher exemption. But even if the rate goes up, you know, you can you can basically in essence what you can do is you can and I'm not saying this is exactly what I do, but just at the extreme side, you could you could theoretically increase the tax rate, but you could offset it as long as you did it fully by the homestead exemption for residents. So where you're seeing that increase in taxes is more in industry and commercial 
up, you know, property and rentals where the people, the residents in their house are not seeing that increase. And it's just math. If you can, if you can raise it to a level in which, for example, if you were just to leave the, I'll give you a great example. Let's say next year, we just said, hey, the values went up again by, let's just say the average values go up by 10%. You know, it's another, excuse me, another monster year. Then you could say, hey, we're going to increase the homestead exemption to an extent where we, on, on the average person, there is no, it's basically no new revenue from that average person, right? It's not a no new revenue rate, but from that resident, from that person who has a homestead, who has their own residence, there's no additional revenue coming from them. But for industry and rental properties, you know, commercial properties, that, that increase is happening. You could look at that and that could be a very viable solution that keeps uh, keeps residents from paying out more in property taxes. That's what I'm all about is making sure everything you said is the problem. You know, everything you're describing, people being taxed out of their home. I mean, I'm a homeowner here in town and my tax bill from last year to this year went up significantly. And that's just, I mean, it's, it's everybody. So that's, that's a problem, you know, especially as people get, um, you know, as those valuations kind of get out of control over year, over year, over year, over year. And so if we can find a solution to that, I think uh, I think that's not only a viable solution. I think that's one we've got to we've got to explore and 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 find a way to implement. And I'm a big, big advocate for that. I thought it was pretty creative I'm actually gonna have, for the audience and uh, those that that are in Waxahachie. I'm going to have Miss Wallace on. Um Councilwoman Wallace from Waxahachie, and I'm actually going to ask her more about that because they, she was part of that one. So, I, you know, those innovations are things that 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 help people, and I'm sure they can use it. So, I just wanted to bring it up and see where you stood on it. Unfortunately, we are kind of coming to the end; we're running out of time here. But I wanted to ask you about um, kind of give me a. a a quick shot on your thoughts on law enforcement and funding law enforcement in the city. Now, before I get to that real quick, I did speak with uh, chief Smith. I did an interview with him. It's been a little while, but he talked about the rises in, uh, and the, the sheriff talked about it too, the rise in sex trafficking, the rise in, in uh, child abuse, the rise in fentanyl. These are all things that are hitting the rest of the country too. Um, it could be all relative to, how we're growing the amount of people, but, but what I want to know from you or the, or for the people of Midlothian is, can they count on you to support law enforcement? Absolutely. And, and that's, that goes back to, to budgets and, you know, uh, making sure, you know, we're, we're funding the things that, uh, that require the funding at the extent of, um, at the extent that is being requested. So obviously, you know, we can't do every single little thing that maybe the department wants at any given time, um, you know, because obviously, again, it's it's an issue of, you know, the budget, the money that's allocated there. And, you know, if we want to increase that in the future, um, you know, that's a different story. But the money we have is the money we have. But I think that the highest priority and, and the function of government, uh, for that matter, you know, we've got a value above everything else, our police and our fire and our, our water, sewer, streets, those, 
those pieces at the highest level when we're looking at those budget and areas that we are cutting because there are areas that can be cut. Those are areas that I would advocate are going to be at the top of that priority list. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it comes down mm-hmm. to if we have, you know, the, the money is the money. So if, mm-hmm. uh, you know, th- there may be things that we'd like to see happen, but we got to find ways to fund those. And it can't just be, well, we'll just go get more money out of property taxes, right? There's got to be a balance. But I am 100% in favor of making sure that's funded at the, the highest uh, priority, you know, on the list. Okay. Now, now, um, little change in subject before I close out, give you, I'll give you the mic to speak to the people directly. Um, we talked about business and your, your role in the development board, I think is what you said, sir. And, and, and so you, you understanding business and seeing what's going on with the city and business, what can the city do better to attract business? How do we get away from being a bedroom community to being a community where you live you shop, you school, you work, everything here. Is that a goal that you'd like to see happen? That's probably the top, one of the top priorities I have. And I've talked about it uh, for a long time, but but I, even when I was on Cement City Chatter recently, we talked a little bit more about it. What we've got to do here locally is find ways to, um, to be a, a magnet you know, for, uh, um, you know, to give you a picture of it, to be a magnet for not just corporate big business, because we do have some things that, that some areas of our, um, you know, city and staff specifically that go out and find those big corporate deals. But we need to be a, a place that people want to come, entrepreneurs, small businesses. They want to come to our city because it's easy to do business and we promote small business. And that's not just you know, having, you know, uh, they do a great job with what they do, but that's not just saying, hey, the Chamber of Commerce is going to handle all that. We as a city, we've got to make sure that we're putting things functionally in place where if somebody says, I really want to open a restaurant, I want to move my family to Midlothian, open a, let's say a steakhouse. I know that's one that people are, you know, people have talked about forever. You know, if somebody says that, we've got to be a place where, they can come in and know, hey, this is going to be a process where they're going to go arm in arm with me and make sure this is smooth, easy, and expedient. Expedient being the key word, because right now, um, you know, I don't have all the answers. I can't say this is the one thing that we got to change. But right now, that is not um, always the view that individuals um, that are wanting to start those businesses have of the city. And we need to change that. We just need to have a more, uh, a better partnership with those small businesses, because that's, uh, that's the backbone of our city. That's the backbone of the country, frankly. And we've got to do a better job of, of coming arm in arm with those businesses to, to not, you know, I'm not saying subsidize them and things like that. I'm saying just make it easy to do business. We talked about government uh, and the role of government. Again, it's not to over-regulate and make it hard to, you know, have your life dream of a retail shop or a, or a, you know, uh, some kind of, um, you know, small business or restaurant, it's to, to make sure, uh, within, you know, the constraints that the city has that we can make it easy for you to go out and do that. And so that's, that's one of the things I want to focus on heavily. I'm very passionate about. And, uh, I think that is where, when we, we want to see that, that no new revenue rate, we want to see property tax rates come down. 
which I'm a, a big advocate for, where we can find funding mechanisms for that is through higher and higher volume of sales tax. The only way that happens is if more people are shopping here, more people are, you know, uh, you know, uh, doing their entertainment and all those kind of things right here in our city. And as that sales tax revenue goes through the roof and we, we encourage those, those businesses to come here, that's where we can get money for other, you know, there's certain projects we can put that money in, which I know we're running out of time, but very passionate about that. Uh, I, I I'm I'm sorry we didn't cover that more. Um, we might have to we might have to do that, Mr. Mormon. Absolutely, yeah. I I, I I love that. Uh, I love the passion that you showed on that, and I'm sorry, but but you okay. know you, these shows they, they go too long and people stop stop watching, stop listening. No, so, it's all good. I appreciate it. So this is the part where I give you the mic to talk to the people directly. This is where you talk to Melodian and give them your what what you got for them so i'm gonna go ahead and shut up and let you let you go ahead and talk to them absolutely well just to to wrap up and to end i love this city i love midlothian it is growing as we talked about in this interview it's growing uh faster you know than than a lot of times we can keep up with and it's going to continue to grow um you know there's nothing we can do to stop that but you know we're going to face challenges we're going to face um, we're facing challenges now. We're going to face more challenges as it grows more. And we've got to have folks um, representing us within the community that are going to uh, look at each situation, each challenge, and not just say, well, you know, let's throw a regulation at it or let's just, you know, do, you know, just just throw uh, you know, throw things against the wall and see if they stick, if that makes sense. But what we want to do is, is have a group of individuals who can come together, say, hey, you know, what are some, not just, uh, not just what's been done other places, although that's important, but what are some creative solutions to the challenges we're facing? We need some forward thinkers, some folks that can think a little bit outside the box. And uh, while holding to, you know, those conservative values and conservative, you know, fiscal uh, conservatism and, you know, not, you know, saying, well, let's just go get more money and throw money at it. But what are some creative ways we can solve these challenges uh, that we see around us, whether that's with infrastructure, with, you know, uh, understanding, um, you know, the roads, the growth, how things are going to, uh, you know, how things are going to develop, whether that's downtown or other areas of the city. Uh, we need, we need more of that creative thinking. And I believe that I can bring that to the table. I can bring that to the council. And I'm excited to serve the people of Midlothian, excited to, to be a part. And it's all, you know, it's been a, a lot of, a lot of fun, even already these first few weeks, you know, getting out there and hearing what people are, uh, what people believe and, and making sure that I'm, I'm understanding where everybody's at so I can better represent you. That's all I want to do. And uh, I'm excited for the opportunity. I'd love to have your vote on May 6th uh, for city council place one. And um, all I want to do is serve and, uh, and make our community better. Well, I, I do appreciate you coming on again. Um, you know, it, it's always fun having you on and, and getting your insight. Every, every candidate, I, I have a lot of candidates that I'm going to be interviewing and I love to see their insight and how they want to help the city. Everybody comes at it a little bit differently. Everybody has good intentions, I believe. So, um, you know, I wish you best of luck with it. And, and um, I'm going to have Mr. Sibley on and I'm going to have Mr. McKeever on. Those are Mr. Sibley is the incumbent. And Mr. McKeever is another one running against uh, Mr. Sibley, along with Mr. Mormon. 
Mr. Mormon, can you stick around after the show? Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. All right.